Hey chicks, welcome back to another episode. This is Sarah. This is Victoria. And we are the Authentic Chicks. Hell yeah, we are. So do you follow Vanderpump rules? Um, I do and I don't. I only know the reunion for season 10 is coming up. And my friend Caroline told me to start from season seven because I've never seen any of it. So I've been watching it and I'm like seven episodes in, but that's truthfully as far as I've gotten in Vanderpump Rules drama. I know nothing about it because I don't watch it, but I know um, that something big's coming to Louisville. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Poo-poo head. A poo-poo head is coming to Louisville. Tom Sandoval apparently has a band which i had no idea about it's called tom sandoval and the greats something like that is coming to headliners in louisville and on the post on headliners instagram if you are listening to this and you need some entertainment for your day go read the comments section (laughs) because it is absolutely hilarious everyone is basically trolling and is like (laughs) This has to be a joke. Is it April Fool's in May? And it's just like, we hope that James Kennedy comes and is actually the entertainment because he is so much more entertaining than Tom Scandaval. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, people are in uproars about it. Well, I will not be there. I might start watching the show just because I feel like there's so much going on and there's a whole culture that's around this. Yeah. Vanderpump rules drama and I feel left out so I'm gonna that. start listening or watching <laughs> that's literally why I started watching it I like texted my two girlfriends I was like hey I keep seeing this drama about this reunion and I need to know what's going on but honestly I always feel left out about stuff like this because so my girlfriend Julia she watched love is blind and you know the whole drama around that live reunion yeah Okay, so I have never seen Love is Blind. Me either. I had not seen any of it. So when we were in Atlanta for Taylor Swift on Friday night, when we got home from dinner, you know, we literally ate our weight in food and drank our weight in wine. And we get home back to the hotel and we watched the Love is Blind reunion. And it was like every 10 seconds, we're like pausing it. And I'm like, all right, Julia, tell me the background of this. And so she basically gave me the Sparks Notes version of Love is Blind. But you know what reality TV show I am excited for? Selling Sunset. Say it. Selling Freaking (laughs) Sunset comes out May 19th. How many days away is that? I'm literally counting down. Like, I cannot freaking wait. I want to know all the drama about Chrishell and... She just got married. Like what? And I'm just like, so what's the dynamic? Like how has her personality type changed? Because she's completely revamped who she is. So I want to know like, what's that done to who Chriselle is on the show? I am just shook. She went from Jason. No, she went from Justin Hartley to Mm -hmm. jason to Mm -hmm. g flip now they're married and i just feel like out of nowhere i feel like i'm like what like i'm still the the shock is still there i mean and they've been dating for like a year now and then the show's coming out so now i'm like really curious i want to see who she's like and i'm even more curious for the next season because they're recording that right now and i know that they're recording it without heather I want to know, like, I want to know the deets. I want to know what's going on. Cause I know she just had a baby. So maybe she decided she wanted to get away from it. Cause I I mean, it's a reality TV show first and foremost. So toxic. No, but when I, so I follow Heather on Instagram and TikTok and she, someone asked her like, are you in like excited for the new season? And she was like, no, I heard they're recording, but they have not asked me back. And then one of the interviewers tried to get either Jason, one of the twins, like one of the owners and then Mary and Mary like was 
trying to not say much, but was also like spilling the tea. She's basically like, oh, I think Heather, you know, there's no ill feelings towards her. She just is busy. And I'm like, mm, Mary, stop being shady. Yeah. Tell this truth. Like, <laughs> tell us the tea. Yeah. We need the milk and the tea. We honey. need it all. So please just we're gonna yeah. we're gonna yeah. start digging and we're gonna find out information and then we're gonna start spreading it even though it's probably not gonna be true so might as well just set the record straight if you heard it here it is only <laughs> true your source screw google we are your true source i know Michelle personally investigators. <laughs> yeah. as i love honestly i've not really been into reality tv until recently like i feel like it's like kind of taking over my TikTok account right now. <laughs> and so I'm like, it's been so nasty outside. You know, I'm just like, well, I guess I'll just binge watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. Well, Hulu. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I've been um, I binge watched like two seasons of The Circle recently. And I'm obsessed with that show. And I'm just obsessed with those like reality Netflix reality TV or Netflix dating shows or like whatever they are I just never got into love is blind I watched it for a little bit but I never really like got into that so we'll see maybe one day um there'll probably be a time when I'm like stuck at home and I can't do anything so maybe when I'm potty training my kid I'll get into it yeah I um I've been binge watching just reality tv and then I also watch have you seen the nurse on Netflix no Oh my gosh. Okay. So it just came out. I, I guess, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe a couple months ago. Um, but it's basically a series based on a book and I don't know who it's written by Christian something. Um, but it's just titled the nurse and it's like the true stories behind one of what is it? Scandinavia's most notorious criminal trials. I'm trying to think of like what the catch of it is, but I started watching that. Henry won't watch it with me because he doesn't like like scary stuff. Not that it's scary, um, but I started binge watching that, which if you like those type of shows, which I always end up having to watch like the office after or something. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually really good on Netflix. So if you okay. need something, I recommend it because it, it's just interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah chicks i found the secret sauce every year for my new year's resolution i tell myself i'm going to stretch more do i do it absolutely not but this year was different i found stretch zone they have stretch zone practitioners that follow specific methods and protocols to properly position stabilize isolate and manipulate your muscles they do all the hard work for you you are going to feel lighter and younger you're going to relieve your stiffness and soreness enhance athletic performance increase and maintain range of motion and enhance physical and athletic skills did i mention your first stretch is free check out the stretch zone you have nothing to lose tell them that the authentic chick sent you okay so let's just get into this episode i am so excited can i just tell you how excited i am for this guest like i've so I downloaded TikTok back in like 2020 and I don't remember what it was that exactly drew me to um, this, this woman, but there's something and I am even more obsessed with her now than I was then. Um, so Jen Hamilton, she is a labor and delivery nurse. She is a social media influencer with close to 3 million TikTok followers and 150,000 Instagram followers. So she has done very well for herself in the whole social media influencer game, which uh, what I love about her the most, I think, is how humble she is. She does not consider herself famous or <laughs> an influencer or anything like yeah. I, I um, and I think with it being um, last week was national nurses week yep and this month is dedicated to honoring nurses and um with my sister being a nurse of course that's like near and dear to my heart I'm for, I, I think the world of nurses and I know you work in the healthcare industry as well so um we wanted to take a moment and just shine a light on a nurse that is doing amazing amazing things 
Yeah, she really is. She's, you know, one of the things that I think that I love about her and our conversation that we had with her, because I wasn't like, did not follow her, didn't really know who she was until you introduced her to me on social media. And she's just so raw and she's not afraid to talk about the topics that maybe might be scary or might be controversial. And obviously that's one thing that we really strive to push people to do is to really express who they actually are and to talk about the things that are hard to talk about. And I think that, you know, just going through her page and looking at some of her videos and really getting to like know who she is as not only an influencer, but also as a nurse, also as a person and a mom, um, it was probably one of the most genuine, just light shining conversations that I've had because she is just such like an inspirational person who is making such a big impact and doesn't really realize it. Right. Right. Being able to scroll her page as someone who has been in the position where I have had a baby. And I think there's so much information out there that when I look at her page, I realize how much of what she's saying is so true and and calming it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what you're going to go do when you have no idea what you're about to step foot in so and I I think having that platform I kind of wish I would have found that before I had my son I think her like being able to be in a position as a nurse but to also you know, be more than just her title and also to be able to do social media, because I feel like that's not typically things that you like see people multitasking is being mm-hmm. a nurse and like being a social media influencer and then also starting her hot mess express, um, community. And, you know, it, it's just really, it's exciting to get to talk to people that are, outside of like what we do, you know, and just being able to hear their perspective on things and having them shine a light on something that is scary. I mean, I've never had a kid, but (laughs) I know that it, you know, sounds terrifying, but I don't know. We really hope that you all enjoy the conversation that we have with Jen, um, because she is a wonderful influence and wonderful person. Um, and I think that you guys are really going to like it without further ado. Jen Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I came across, I think I got addicted to TikTok just like anybody else during yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. And I somehow, and I still don't know what it was, but I follow you. I'm not a nurse. I have a son. Uh, maybe that's why I, I don't remember, but I started <laughs> following you and I quickly became obsessed. And I just started like scrolling and going through your whole profile, everything. So Jen, you are a nurse. Yes. You are a mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you um you have your own business, you're a content creator. Um my favorite thing about you is you have a pet chicken named Mayonnaise. I sure so. do. Yes. We have two beautiful <laughs> ladies. Um and they're silky chickens, so they're like the f- big fluffy girls and they're so uh fancy that they even live inside our house. And they wear diapers. Oh. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> yes. But it was on accident that that happened because my husband actually brought home uh, chickens without my consent. And I was furious that that happened because I was not like chicken scared me. And then, uh, yeah, I fell in love. So now I have chickens that are too special to be outside. But we've <laughs> We've lost some chickens over the years, and um, we had a chicken that looked a lot like mayonnaise that uh, unfortunately lost her life, and my son was devastated. So oh. um, the next day, I uh, we drove like a long, long time to be able to get mayonnaise, and then she was just too special to put outside. We didn't <laughs> want her to get hurt. <laughs> so do they have their own like bedroom? They're just thinking of them like cats, right? Yeah. So they just kind of like go throughout the house like a cat would and they just have free reign of the whole thing oh my <laughs> I God. love that so much so do you only have chickens or do you have other dogs or like dogs cats anything we have cats so we have okay. chickens which are basically cats and then we have actual cats how do they get along they 
all get along together. Like there's no, oh, yeah. And like the chickens will eat out of the cat's bowl. Like I have videos of them all just eating cat food together. Oh my God. I have a German shepherd and he is literally like my baby and I cannot see him getting along with like, he doesn't get along with cats. So like even a chicken, if I brought that home, he'd be like, what the hell mom? Yeah. I not. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, welcome diesel family's expanding. Get yeah. over it. <laughs> I know you used to be an um, ER nurse before you were labor and delivery. What, what was the thing that made you switch to labor and delivery or is there anything specific? There is something very specific. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, spent my entire nursing career in the emergency department. I loved it so much because there's all this action adventure. It's like instant gratification because you can help people right away. Um, my As I was going through my career in the emergency department, I started getting some leadership roles. And um, the last year that I was there, I was actually the assistant director of the of the department, and I hated it so much um, because I really craved like that bedside connection with people. And mm -hmm. um, anyone who's ever been in management can empathize with the fact that it's kind of like hurting cats sometimes. And I was getting very burnt out from. I guess maybe the the types of patients that I would see the traumatic, really, really awful things that would happen. And it was getting harder and harder for me to be my compassionate, empathetic self. Like the person that I always recognized, I could see her kind of slipping away. So mm -hmm. um, after one super traumatic night, um, I ended up looking on the jobs page at my job and I found a a position open for labor and delivery on just the weekends. And at this point I was working like seven days a week and it felt like such a dream to only work two days a week, but labor and delivery was not something that I was ever really interested in. Um, it was too wet, you know, it was just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of wet stuff happening there. Um, but a lot of juices flowing. <laughs> lot of juice. There's a lot of birth juice that happened. So, but I was so desperate to find myself again that I was willing to try it. So that was on a Friday night. I shadowed on that department on Sunday and by the next Friday I had the job. So it was a very quick turnaround, but I never look back. Like I'm so, so grateful. I think that I was supposed to be doing this. Um, and I, and I'm grateful for my experience in the emergency department, um, because I felt like that helped me to better prepare for, you know, being with people during emergencies and being able to stay calm and be that person who can, who they can lean on to see like, Oh, my nurse isn't scared. So I'm not going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the emergency department, too, is such like a rush of adrenaline. Yeah, that once you're on. So I am a research well used to be a research coordinator. And I mm -hmm. recently got promoted into management, a, I would say about a year and a half ago. And I I miss being with patients. So cardiovascular was my service line specialty. Yeah. And so I like miss being on the floor and actually being able to interact with different patients and actually seeing the results like from our studies and the things that we're doing. Absolutely. So I hear you loud and clear because you can, especially with healthcare and pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID, post it's changed so much. Mm -hmm. And being able to really find yourself again in like something that you, obviously you love labor and delivery, you know, being able to find yourself, I give you kudos to that because it is hard to not get like caught up and wrapped up into the chaos of everything that is within the healthcare industry. I love it so much, but it is chaotic. So what is it about like labor and delivery unit that you just found yourself again? I mean, is it just being able to like help moms and parents that are like new or what do you like love about it? I love the honor that I have in being with somebody on the most important day, whether it's a great day or whether it's not a great day, but it's a, it's such a privilege to be in the space with someone as they're experiencing whatever it is that they're experiencing, experiencing on that day. Um, because I know how important my labor and delivery nurses were for me and to be that for somebody else is so important and also helps drive me to keep trying to be better for my patients. 
Yeah. yeah. What do you think like the biggest misconception about labor and delivery from your, like, what do you get the most questions about? Cause I know oh. you answer questions <laughs> yeah. all the time on your TikToks, and you're like, actually, yeah. you know, if your nurse isn't afraid, yours should be good. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I have kind of a unique perspective as someone who sees the stuff that goes on in the hospital. And then also sees the stuff that's going on on the interwebs and seeing like <laughs> The dichotomy between what people think happens and what actually happens can be vast. Um, mm -hmm. I think that one of my, the biggest misconceptions that people have coming into the hospital is that we're out to get you or we're out to intervene in every situation. We're out to, you know, give you a C-section, but it's so, at least where I work, I can't speak for everywhere, but it's so much the opposite of that, um, especially with the C-section stuff, like there have been times that as a nurse, I am advocating for my patient because I can see something that I could see is like a dangerous situation. And I'm thinking like, we've been riding this train a little too long. Like, I think it's time that we think about a C-section um, because our providers are so pro-vaginal birth, so pro-decreasing um, Black maternal mortality, like I can only speak for where I work, but I think that seeing what people say online about labor and delivery nurses or what it's going to be like when you go into the hospital, it can be frustrating sometimes because I'm like, I wish you could just come shadow me, like just come watch and see what it actually looks like because um, it is very much uh, not how it seems to be on the internet. Yeah, I agree. Cause from my perspective of, you know, I'm not in the healthcare field. I went in blind knowing only what the internet had told me basically. Mm -hmm. And I chose to just trust my gut. I went in with no plan. Mm -hmm. I had, they, they asked me, they said, what's your birth plan? I was like, to get the baby out. <laughs> they're like, <Yeah. laughs> they're like, okay, so do you want an epidural? I was like, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, I know in the moment when, um, you know, I was, I was in labor and the doctor came in and was like, okay, we're going to stop pushing for a minute. I got to go do a C-section. I'll be back in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the nurse, my, my labor and delivery nurse, she like threw a fit and she was like, I will deliver this baby myself if I have to, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's coming out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so she really advocated for me. And in that moment, I realized like, I'm so glad I didn't like succumb to what everyone was trying to like portray this to be like. I'm so glad yeah. that I didn't um, go into this. Like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And all you are not going to tell me anything otherwise. Yeah. Cause that's basically what you're supposed to do to now. Yeah. And I've had patients come in um, with plans. So specific. I had a girl one time who brought in a 15 page single spaced birth plan. And those plans don't come out of empowerment. Those plans come from fear, fear that things are going to be thrust upon them, fear that we're out to get her, fear that her baby is going to be harmed. Those are things that I am so passionate about changing the culture of OB to be someone that, you know, I can look at that birth plan and see past what it says to look at the person and see the type of um, like mental state and the type of um, fear that they have coming into that and addressing those things so that I can best follow the plan that they need for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How um, do you like approach that? So someone comes in and has this idea of like their birth story and what they think is going to happen. And I know that you talk about a lot in your videos that like you control the weather, like you control the entire, you know, attitude in the room. How do you like keep that positive mindset? Even if you go in and someone's like, my doula told me that I have this 15 page <laughs> birth story and this is how it's yeah. going to happen. And you're like, whoa, sister, <laughs> let's maybe breathe and put the coffee down. <laughs> like, how do you like approach that? So the most important thing for me is that initial contact with my patient, because I need to let her know my role. My role is to be her advocate. 
My role is to make sure that she feels safe and supported and that she is the boss of all the decisions. I say that I am merely your tour guide of birth. I live here. I work here. I know the good restaurants and I know the places to avoid. And I'm going to just help guide you in that direction. Um, I talk to them about their birth plan and tell me, you know, like, the rationale behind XYZ, you know, cause sometimes they'll put something on there. That's like, absolutely no, I'm just going to say uh, male providers. Okay. If I see that, that clues me in that maybe there's a little bit more to this story. Do you have a history of sexual assault that I, as your nurse can be cognizant of so I can help protect you even more. So I think that the birth plan for me is a way that I, it's almost like a Tinder profile. Like I can kind of get a glimpse into who you are and what's important to you. And that way, as we go through the day, um, if there's anything that I can see on the horizon, I'm talking to, to them about those things early and often. So if we do end up needing to make a decision about something, they already have that kind of in the back of their mind. Yeah. How, so you talked earlier about kind of being burnt out whenever you were on the ER unit. And I know with labor and delivery, as much it is, as it is exciting and sunshine and, you know, just glorious that you're welcoming this new child in for someone's, you know, probably most of the time for a first kid. Yeah. How do you though, avoid having that burnout on the days that aren't so glorious? And, you know, there are a lot of hardships that come with it too. So how do you kind of avoid that burnout being now on labor and delivery? So I'm going to answer this a little bit differently because I kind of lean into the feelings that I have on those really bad days, because what I am able to do with those feelings is uh, to almost overcompensate to make sure that the family in those situations feels the most love that they possibly can. Um, because those good days, all the exciting days, they like fuel my fire for those bad days when I have to step in and be love, be support, be the kind of person who can hold you as you cry when something bad happens. Um, my friends and I at work have actually um, kind of revamped our perinatal bereavement program. So one of the ways that we cope ourselves uh, with bad outcomes is to find out better ways that we can help care for these families when something bad happens. Um, so it's not like a, a thing that we ever look forward to. I mean, it's an awful, awful thing, but we are so grateful to be able to offer our, um, our memory making abilities for this family, because it's so important. Like we know that when something bad happens, a baby passes away, we get this one shot. We get one shot to make sure that we give them every single thing we can possibly give them to take home um, and to rem remember their baby by. So our, our passion in helping those families in that moment kind of helps us get through those really, really bad times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so powerful. I mean, it really it is. is. I literally got chills. Like. <laughs> I cannot even fathom what that's like to have and and you being a mom yourself as well like yeah I mean it puts it in a whole different perspective like you you know once you're a mom it's like you see each baby almost as your own baby like you can put yourself in that position so yeah. it makes everything so much more real yeah I bet so with that being said what's the number one thing that makes you still so excited to wake up and go into work I think just the unknown, like what's going to happen today? Uh, because it, even though, yeah, I'm dealing with birth, like that's, that's the theme of the day is that there's going to be something around birth. There's so many different things that I can encounter, whether if, and I see all of them as opportunities, right? Like if I have a patient that's in pain, I have the opportunity to make it better. If a patient that's scared, I have the opportunity to make her less scared. If I have a patient that, um, is going to experience something that they've never experienced before. I have the opportunity to use my knowledge and my expertise to help educate her on what that could mean for her. So I think, and I get, I still get butterflies like the night before I go into work because it's like, man, I'm so excited to be able to experience this with someone. 
having that kind of joy for your job is just, it's unmatched. It's so awesome to be able to say that you just look forward to it. Like you get so excited before you go into work. Yeah. And I get people ask me like, aren't you going to quit? Like, aren't you going to quit your job? Because you know, <laughs> like I could go do social media full time. I totally could. Um, but I love it so much. And I, I yeah. think that is what anyone could ever it's all anyone could ever ask for, honestly, to, is to have a job that you feel that way about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how long have you been on like a labor and delivery nurse? So this is my sixth year of labor and delivery. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you have done that for six years, but you just started kind of wearing the social media hat. Is did, So did it really begin in 2020 or how did you like become about being a huge influencer now? I'm, I'm even right now, like pinching myself that you're even saying that, like, that just sounds right? so crazy. Uh, because this crazy girl from Kentucky called me. Yeah, like, I, I never imagined this for my life ever. Um, and I never tried to have this happen for my life either. Um, so back when the world shut down previously to that, I had always said, I am not downloading TikTok. First of all, it's just a bunch of 12 year olds shaking their booty on the interwebs and I have no interest. And also I know how I kind of have like an addictive personality. So if I really enjoyed that, like uh, instant gratification of the scroll, I knew that I was really at risk of spending all of my time on there. Surprise, surprise. It was true. Um, (laughs) But I had a friend who would send me funny TikTok videos. And, you know, if you don't have the app, like it's harder to like look at this. And so (laughs) finally, when the world shut down, I was like, fine, I'll download it. So I downloaded it, started watching. And then my first video came about from just trying to figure out how you post a video, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. I think that was in 2020. It was right when everything happened. Um, And then I remember my very first video that I thought went viral. It had like 2000 views and oh, baby, I was excited I was like look at me (laughs) an influencer um and it was a video of me like redoing a desk that was that was a lot of my stuff um in the beginning was like doing a DIY projects and stuff um but then I started sharing more of me and like my stories and life events and um talking about things that maybe other people aren't super uh, open with like the fact that I've struggled with an eating disorder or, um, you know, struggle, you know, we all struggle sometimes in our marriages and talking about, you know, how Brian and I have struggled in our marriage and, um, people started craving, I guess, like the, I guess the more authentic parts of me instead of, you know, putting on a show, it's just like, this is real life and I'm not going to put a filter on, um, And so, yeah, just slowly over time, people started paying attention and I realized the, I don't want the word that's coming to my brain doesn't sound right, but like the power that, that somebody has, if they have all these people listening and I wanted to leverage that for the good of the world. So, you know, fighting medical misinformation when it comes to birth and, um, providing other nurses tools in their toolbox to take care of their patients better. Um, so just trying to make sure that with what I've been blessed with and what I've been given, that I am doing all that I can to make the world a better place. How have you like seen the impact, I guess, just changing of your presence on social media? I mean, I know that you started Hot Mess Express. Yeah, yeah. And- yes. I just, I think it is such like a powerful tool that you're using, especially being in healthcare, because a lot of people, um, as you know, on social media, they try to stay very, I want to say like in a bubble because mm-hmm. they don't want to touch the topics that people aren't comfortable with and yeah. they don't want they're afraid to they're going to get canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cancel yeah. culture. I yes. mean, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And you have controversies and I think that being in healthcare and being able to share like the knowledge and the empathetic attitude that you approach things with is so huge. Like how have you seen things start to change just from the influence that you've been able to make? The things that have had the biggest impact on me personally from recognizing what 
just sharing things can do um, is hearing people in crazy other parts of the world having been um, affected by something that I've said or I've done. So um, my cousin is a nurse practitioner in South Carolina and um, she had texted me saying that uh, the labor, and it's not really a birth plan, but I, I made like this printable thing to help people when they go into labor. Um, she said that one of her patients brought it to the office and like had no idea that, uh, that obviously we were cousins or anything, but, um, and then hearing somebody in Canada who was going into surgery and they were scared and their nurse said, it's okay to be scared because I'm not, because that's something I've said a lot. Um, I think that hearing those things and hearing how somebody's life has been made just a teensy weensy bit better because of something that I've said is so I'm just so humbled by that. Like, I think that is just so cool that, uh, <laughs> that that happens. Um, but yeah, like with the hot mess express stuff, I just, just seeing a need, you know, and wishing that somebody was there for me whenever I really needed somebody like that. So yeah, I listened to the episode of girl same that you were on. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it just kind of like got me in my feels because I was like, I remember those days when my son was a newborn and I just, the, the dishes were overflowing and the sink and the laundry was piled up. And just to think that all someone did on a social media post was ask about a house cleaner and you just rallied this crew. You didn't even know the girl. You didn't know any of the people that, as far as what I heard, you didn't know any of them, right? No, no. So, so the way that it started was that I was on Facebook on like a local mom's group and I saw a post that was posted anonymously from a mom who said, you know, I'm struggling really hard with postpartum depression. I have uh, two children. One of them is basically a newborn. My house is a disaster. Does anyone have like cleaning company uh, recommendations that I can use. I can't afford it, but I also can't afford to live this way. And, you know, there were people in the comments saying like, oh, you try this company or try this company. And I was like, y'all are missing it. Y'all are missing <laughs> yeah. the point here. Like this girl is struggling yeah. and Call she to is, action. yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. This girl needs help. So I made a separate post in the same group because that was anonymous. And uh, I said, is there anyone who saw that post that would be willing to let's go rescue her? Like, let's go do her dishes, do her laundry. Let's. And also it's so much easier to clean somebody else's ass than it is your own. So yeah, I found so many women. Yeah. I found so many women who were just like, Oh yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So literally that Saturday we met at a McDonald's parking lot and carpooled together and went to this girl's house and we spent all day long cleaning and uh, making food for her, uh, putting stuff in a crock pot, buying groceries. And as I left there and I could see the difference from her anxiety before and whenever we were just getting started and then seeing the peace on her face as we left, I was like, we're onto something like this is really important. Yeah. So, um, so now, yeah, we have like chapters all over the United States and, um, I think there's one in Canada, Australia, like everywhere of just women helping other women. Um, and That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's all women who we've all struggled, you know? And so pretending like we're all doing great on Instagram, but then secretly you know, crying behind closed doors because the same clothes have been on the couch for a month and you can't bring yourself to even fold them. Like we've all been there. So I think that the struggle of motherhood is something that's universal. So let's stop pretending that everything's fine and let's start helping each other. My biggest pet peeve when it comes to um, being a mom that I've learned in the past two years is one other women either try to scare you with birth, like it's the worst yeah. thing in the world. And yeah. two, when the baby's here, it's all rainbows and unicorns. And yeah. like, those are two false. completely opposite things. Yeah, false. Absolutely false. <laughs> 
I recently got married in April and Congratulations. I'm always, thank you. And I'm always like, I'm like Victoria. Cause I know we hope to have kids one day Yeah, and I'm constantly, I'm just talking to my friends and one of my very best friends is pregnant and I'm, she called, you know, calls me and I'm like, look, I've only heard good things. I don't know what to tell you because I've not experienced it. So I actually started sending her your video. Oh. I'm like, listen to this girl. She knows what she's talking about. That is so sweet. Thank you. I'm like, I can order you the book on Amazon, what to expect when you're expecting. That's all you got. As as I can get. <laughs> she's like, thanks, Sarah. You're literally no help. And yeah. I'm like, what do you want me to do yeah anyways I tend to get off track but so with your with hot mess express I mean do you have a chapter in Kentucky because obviously something that we really strive to do with authentic chicks we're a newer podcast but we're really trying to just push people to be the best version of themselves and just trying to I mean we talk about um we've talked about mental health quite a bit in our episodes burnout Mm -hmm. um we both have full-time jobs and then we do a we're instructors on the side for a fitness studio here oh wow but we're both trying to just, you know, get the word out, but we want people that are so influential and make such a positive impact like yourself. So are, how can we join or what can we do from our point of views to be able to help continue to drive the impact that you're making? Oh, that's so amazing that you're even interested in that. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> um, if you go to hotmessexpress.co, it has all of the chapters that are already established there. And then um, if you're in a, in a place where there isn't a chapter and you're interested in starting a chapter, um, there's information on how you can do that online also. So yeah, you can, so you can get involved in volunteer. You can donate. Um, we usually have like um, Amazon wish lists and stuff of things that if we're about to do a, a we call them missions. We're about to do a mission. Um, we go into the home first before we actually bring everybody else out there and we see what the needs are. And then we'll make like an Amazon wish list. And so we'll post it online. Um, so if anybody, maybe they can't come, right. Maybe they've got really small children and they just can't come, but they could help with donations. Um, we have a lot of people do that. So, okay. I have one final question. Well, really two, because I could go on and talk with you. You are literally, you are such a joy to talk with. And so so have, so we, you know, so we really strive to just like be our authentic selves, the authentic chicks. Have you, how have you like been able to stay true to yourself on social media? Cause it's obviously so heavily influential now. I mean, I don't know, even my grandma has Facebook and she's like, what's Instagram. I'm like, no, don't I even. don't know. Yeah. I'm not even like, you can't work the remote. I'm not going to show you a social media app. <laughs> like, yeah. Not doing it. So how have you like found, found that you're able to be like true to yourself, even with all of the pressure and influences around you? So my mom told me something a few years ago. I don't know where she heard it, but I, it's something that has impacted my life so much. Um, and she said that true freedom is giving others the permission to misunderstand you. So it doesn't matter if somebody's got something negative to say or something, or they think I should be this or think I should be that because everybody's got lots of opinions about me for sure. But being able to tell myself for them mentally, like I'm going to give that person the permission to misunderstand me and I'm going to be okay with that. Um, that's probably one of the hardest things to, uh, it's one of the hardest things to cultivate or to get right, because we as humans want so desperately for other people to like us, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can change who we are in order to be something for someone else. And so me giving other people the permission to, to think I'm, not great or bad or you know however they you know want to decide that I am if I'm giving somebody the permission to do that I now have the freedom to be myself the times if you start to allow that in before you would post your content you start to think like well I can't say this or I can't do that it's so nice to be able to to know that when like when if I have questions about 
you know, whenever I do have a second baby or whenever Sarah decides to have a baby, like we can go to your platform and we can say, this is all the, this is true. This is unfiltered, raw, no misinformation here. And I just love having in a, in a world where social media rules almost everything. And there's so many filters on people's lives that you don't know what's real or not. It's so cool to know for sure. Like this platform right here is real. I so appreciate that. And I, I tell people all the time, because I think that one of the diseases of our culture right now is that people are so easily influenced, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. cause if you see it online, it must be true. And so I tell people all the time, like, I need you to put on your thinking cap and you need to not believe everything that you see online. And I tell people even be suspicious of the things that I say, because um, it's important to make good decisions for yourself to have uh, the real raw truth. So if you're ever concerned or you see something online, the best thing to do is to take it to your trusted provider and say, you know, this is what I heard. What's the truth behind this? And then they can help you make really good decisions for yourselves. Because I think that, um, yeah, there's a lot of people online that are just going to lead you astray. And I try not to, but I still want people to be suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Always be curious. That's right. Always be curious. That's how you get the, get the right info. Yeah. ABC, always be curious. That's right. (laughs) Is that what you teach Lane? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So out of all of the hats that you wear from nurse, mom, wife, keynote speaker, you own a business, you sell your own merch and t-shirts and sweatshirts and headbands, and you're an influencer. What, what is just (laughs) the most rewarding hat that you wear? I'm going to say uh, being myself. I love that because I am myself before I'm any of those things. And if I can't love and appreciate myself over all of those things, I can't be good at any of those things. So I am more than my roles and responsibilities to other people. And I had to recognize those things in order to be good at any of those things. Do you feel like you recognize that early on? Because I mean, balancing all of that is, it's a lot. Yeah. I came into this having experienced some trauma in 2019 was like the worst year of my life. Um, but I did lots of counseling and lots of therapy. And, um, I had a therapist named Shamika and she was the kind of person who was going to tell me how it was, whether I liked it or not. And, um, she helped me to see, that I am more than just the things that I do for other people. And it took me a long time to accept that because whenever she said, you're not, because the way that she came out with this, she said, who are you? And I was like, okay, I'm a nurse. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. And she said, that's not what I asked you. She said, I want to know who you are apart from everybody else. And I started crying because I was like, uh, if you take those things away, I'm nothing, you know, like that's how I felt. So she helped me to come to grips with the kind of person that I am inside and to truly love who I am and be okay with, um, you know, not living up to other people's standards of, of what they think I should be, but only, you know, really living up to who I need to be and who I want to be. Wow. How do you, did you, were you, did you just put into like practice different like meditation and stuff just to be able to find yourself? Cause I think a lot of, even from our listeners, we get some feedback and, you know, people comment or send us messages and their biggest thing is we talk a lot about your identity and how to find yourself. Yeah. I mean, is there something that you could recommend for For someone who feels lost that they just, they're like, who am I without my titles? Yeah. So the two things that changed the game for me. The Enneagram. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Enneagram. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then also (laughs) affirmations. So self-affirmation. So the Enneagram helped me to not just figure out who I was, but why I do the things that I do, like what makes me who I am on the inside. And then self-affirmations help me to combat the negative self-talk that's in all of us. So I said out loud the things that I wanted to believe about myself. And that helped me to every day start the day. I literally had a 
on my mirror and I would start the day and there were like five of them. And I would say the things that I wanted to believe about myself until I believed them. So you don't have to know who you are right now, but the important thing is, is that you're trying to find out. Yeah. And I feel like it's important to know too, that throughout each stage that might change and oh yeah, you have to adjust with that as well. Absolutely. Cause we all go through things that are going to make um, make us different. They're going to change our perspectives about things and it's okay to change your mind about things. It's okay to, to know better and do better. Um, we should never be ashamed to say like, I, I used to believe this, but now I believe this. Like if you have more information about yourself or about your environment or about your community, like it's okay to change. It's okay to evolve and be, and become who you've always wanted to be. I love that. I just want to be like, can we talk for like the next yeah. two hours? Do you have to go pick up your van? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, so one last question. How do you fill your cup? What is it that you do that is just for you 100%? Yeah, what you do for Jen. It's yeah. going to be so cheesy. Oh, God. I don't care. Let's cheese okay. it to the better. Baby. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, being a nurse, it fills my cup. Like it is the thing that is my passion, my drive. Like it makes me want to be a better person. And I, I love going to work. That's such a, a weird thing to say, but I, I truly believe that I found what I was supposed to do. So I, I love being a nurse. I love it so much. I love it. All Jen, right. your positivity and perspective and outlook is so infectious. Thank and... you so much. I so appreciate that. I was obsessed with you before, but I'm now way more obsessed yeah. with you. Oh so. my goodness. You're so sweet. <laughs> oh, trust me. We were like stalking. We were deep in the archive. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, every video, I was like, I love this girl. I just love this girl. Oh, I really <laughs> appreciate cannot... that, you guys. We can't thank you enough for yes, joining thank us. You. I'm so honored to be here. Like to even be considered as somebody that you would want to talk to is just so humbling for me. So I really thank you guys so much. <laughs> well, thank you. Please Absolutely. let everyone know where they can find you. TikTok, Instagram. Yeah. So if you just look up Jen Hamilton, I think I'm basically the one that will pop up. Um, <laughs> the If you're looking for me specifically, it's underscore Jen underscore Hamilton underscore um, I have a blue check mark beside my name. So if you're looking for me, that's where you'll find me. And um, that's my screen name or my username or whatever on TikTok and Instagram. All right. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yep. We, we love are, you. Uh, yeah. Biggest fan. Well, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Guys. Appreciate you so much. <laughs>